Welcome to Masters of Growth, an insightful podcast with some of India's most interesting minds and their ideologies. Here, they will share their experiences on their road to glory along with any speed bumps that they may have encountered on the way. Today with us we have Dr. Asim Chauhan. He is the founder and CEO of Amity Innovation Incubator and Amity Capital Ventures. Dr. Chauhan actively promotes entrepreneurship in India particularly amongst the youth and is actively engaged in mentoring and investing in startups. He is on the board of over a dozen companies and is an alumni of Wharton Business School. It is a pleasure to have you with us Mr. Chauhan. Mr. Chauhan, could you tell us why what inspired you? Could you tell us why your story began? Yeah, absolutely. Um so Ishan to to give a little bit of background uh, for the people listening to your podcast, you know, we run the Amity Education Group you know this is universities and schools um and online education and corporate training in india with about 175000 students and then in 12 other countries so you know my journey was a little bit circuitous getting into the education sector you know i was uh, born and raised in germany 18 years there and then went for university to um uh to the us for um my degrees in engineering and finance and management at UPenn in the MNT program which was between Wharton and the engineering school at UPenn and then ended up in private equity in New York for a number of years and um as part of that journey i had a realization that you have to be thoughtful about what your mission in life is you know what it is that you want to achieve and at that time being 20 something and you know making a lot of money and really uh, you know being in a very uh, attractive job it would have been easy for me to continue but that reflection of where can you have impact and where can you bring change that led me to believe that education in india is uh, is an area that can really change the direction of our country that education in general uh, has a role to play in the destiny of nations and uh, we in india are so many people so much youth that's that if true we yeah have education right training then that uh, you know uh, uh, that is the right place to be so uh, my family had started at that time an initiative um, in education through our nonprofit foundation and i felt to come back and work with my father and the family on that to grow it and to really scale it and to work on bringing the best practices from around the world that would be interesting so that is what brought me here so now that you've told us what inspired you could you just tell us what motivates you on a daily basis and what makes your story not end yeah absolutely you know so you're right i do feel motivated every day you know i i wake up and i'm charged to go i'm i'm so happy to be doing something that i truly believe in something that i feel inspired by something that i feel is having a long term impact so it's not only uh, you know doing something to um, to create a business but it's something more it is you know can you have an impact on society can you leave a legacy which will be there for a much longer period of time and when i see the students that we are able to mold and to help develop careers for when we see the kind of research coming out of the universities when i see the kind of um uh work that is being done that is having an impact on a much broader set of people 
that is what motivates me. So in short, uh, having a broader impact beyond individual needs, number one. And number two, creating something which will be a legacy for a long time. These two things motivate me a lot. Now that we were also talking about, you know, students and their careers, what was your entire take on like online learning and how the pandemic affected education? Yeah, you know, so the pandemic has clearly showed us the power of technology in education and what can be when you really bring uh, technology-enabled learning into the main field. So I would say the pandemic has not created a new trend that existed, but it has certainly catalyzed what would have taken a much longer time period um, to really manifest. And the much longer time period may not have been so much in terms of the uh, development of the technology, although without doubt we have taken jumps in the kind of technology we have, the innovations in technology, but more the uh, adoption of that technology. When we were forced to do it by hundreds and thousands of teachers and faculty across the country in one go, not as uh, an instruction from a superior to go and learn how to use technology, but as, as a mandate that if you yeah. want your class to run tomorrow, you need to learn how to utilize this particular platform. You need to learn uh, teaching, learning pedagogy online. You need to know how to give exams uh, online. So that, uh, that necessity uh, has been for me the biggest experiment in higher education in the last hundred years. Uh, and that is what's going to drive going forward much more utilization of um, online learning in classrooms and blended mode and also independent online degrees going forward. Uh, Ishan, just looking at the numbers, today we have 45, uh, about 40 million uh, students studying in higher education at a gross enrollment ratio of approximately 27%. The target of the government through the national education policy is to bring that to about 50%, which means that we need to add another 40 million uh, students into the higher education fold over the next uh, you know decade and a half or so. Um, out of all of these students, only 12% are in modes that are not traditional classrooms. So it could be distance education, correspondence, or online. So clearly, there's going to be a huge growth in terms of online programs because to achieve that additional 50 million in higher education, it will not work without online. And we at Amity are doing a lot of work. We were the first university in the country, actually, to be given approval for online degrees. It took us many years to, to get to that level. But we were able to explain to the government, work with the different agencies, that this is a requirement, not a good to have, but a must have, to reach the number of people that we need to reach. We cannot possibly build enough classrooms and campuses. So right. this was a, a very important priority for us. And going forward, Clearly, this is a focus area. I think that was a great idea that you've done, and I'm sure getting permission from the government is actually quite a long process as well. So you must have thought about this long before the pandemic as well. Oh, absolutely. No, no, we yeah. were working um, on getting online approval streamlined for um, for more than five years. And for, for 15 years before that, we were doing education in other modes. So we had... Uh, department of distance education. We had uh, distance learning programs, correspondence programs. 
we were offering um, education, uh, Ishan, in 42 African countries sitting in India. Wow, that, that's impressive. Pan-African e-network project. This was the dream at the time of Abdul Kalamji, our former president. Yep. That let us give a gift of education and health to Africa by building a network of expertise through VSAT technology. Through broadcast studios in India, we were able to broadcast lectures with local partners into 42 locations across Africa, giving subsidized education. So we were very much thinking about how do you reach a much larger number of people than what you can do in classrooms uh, decades before the pandemic. And the pandemic has been, uh, as I mentioned, um, a catalyst for some of these, but in no way was it something that we suddenly stumbled upon as something new. Right. I, I completely understand. I think that's a great initiative to take. Um, coming to my main question now, would you think that you have a fixed or a growth mindset? And could you just elaborate a bit depending on that answer? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there are different kinds of mindsets one can have. And, you know, uh, mine is without a doubt a growth mindset. Um, but there is a particular thought around growth that I also have. That in in some sectors, like education, um, I believe there is sometimes a misconception that, um, you know, with growth, you have to dilute quality, right? right. So, um, uh, and therefore, in my office, the only thing which permanently remains on the whiteboard, on the top right corner, is this thing I write, that growth is directly proportional to quality. That as you grow, because of economies of scale, because of the ability to invest in R&D and innovation and pedagogy and the right people, you can develop through that economy of scale a service and a product that is otherwise much more superior to what it would have been had you been smaller. So with a growth mindset, you have to have a quality mindset. Yeah, because the moment you just focus on growth and you say, uh, you know, I just want to grow for growth's sake, then you run the risk of losing the objective why you in the first place began. So the day I feel that one is growing at a speed or in a direction that is not able to, as a framework, as a system support, increasing quality at every step, that is when I would then dial down the growth. Then I would say, okay, consolidate. Fair or enough. Yeah, fair enough. Stay more stable. But otherwise, uh, what drives me and what I believe um, strongly in that in a country like India we have such a huge demand and a need you know 15 years ago when private universities did not really exist uh, students had the option of going to IITs or some of the good institutions or very low quality institutions but how many actually made it to the top 99.99% did not you know you had to have almost a perfect score in your plus two to be able to get to those institutions and how many kids have 100% in plus two and even if you do, at what cost are you giving up extracurriculars yeah, exactly. and leadership and life skills and other things. So the thought that if we can provide opportunity and access and equity to hundreds and thousands or millions and tens of millions of youth in India that need it and you give them the education that makes them able to do go out and, and develop um, companies and startups and be 
in jobs and be doctors and lawyers and professionals, uh, that will drive our country forward. So to me, the growth mindset is linked to a need and opportunity, which in our country is very unique. I don't think uh, there's any other country in the world which has seen this gap of supply and demand. And we need to move fast to be able to address it in a meaningful way in our lifetimes. I agree with you, actually. I completely agree with you over there. And for the last question, what advice do you have for the people of my generation aspiring to become successful entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so when you are young, you have the whole world in front of you. You know, one can achieve so much. And, you know, I, I feel you're so lucky, your generation, because um, you are sitting at a period in time when change is happening faster than ever before. You have at least one leg in a country, India, which is really at an inflection point where sky's the limit in terms of opportunities, where we know that the economy, even in the most bleak of projections, is going to grow in a way that what we have achieved in the last 70 years in terms of GDP development will happen possibly in the next one or two decades. So that opens up avenues of having incredible impact developing organizations or businesses. It could be NGOs, it could be startups, it could be large corporates, whatever it is that you dream of developing, one can do. So my advice would be, number one, dream big. You know, it is, this is not the place or time to, uh, to think small and say, I'm happy to make so much money and then I, I'll have my car, I'll have my house. I think too many people get stuck in this, uh, in this thought of, I'm, I'm, fighting and living to earn a particular amount. I want to have my friend group. I want to have my house. I want to have my car. I want to make sure my kids can go on holiday once or twice a year. I want insurance. I want to go to restaurants once or twice a week. And they're happy with that, you know. And I feel a lot of uh, kids leave potential on the table because of comfort. So I would say this uh, hunger to build something which is in proportion to the opportunity in front of us to build something which is, you know, truly massive in impact. I think that is uh, what I would encourage youngsters to think about. And number two, give yourself time. You know, uh, don't get stuck with the first idea or first thing that you do. Uh, experiment with a few things. You know, sometimes you find your true love in the third attempt. So, um, you know, uh, look around, see what really interests you. And you will, you will know it when you find that one opportunity where you cannot sleep at night <laughs> because the fire in you is burning too big to do something about it. And you see a problem that badly needs to be fixed in a way that you feel that is your life's mission. That is what you then have to chase. And then don't waste time. Every single breathing moment from that point onwards has to be dedicated to that goal. No distraction no dilution of that vision, you go for it. And that's uh, what I think youngsters have to do if they want to uh, build something bigger. Thank you for that great advice. You've honestly motivated me already. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yes. you very much, Mr. Chauhan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, all the best.